Hello, and welcome to Catholic Women Lead, a podcast brought to you by Catholic Women in Business. I'm Elise Gallagher. And I'm Taryn DeLong, and we're co-presidents of Catholic Women in Business. Whether you're a working mom, a young professional, or business veteran, fitting work in between nap times and kid pickups, or discerning your next steps, Catholic Women in Business is a resource and community for you to grow professionally and spiritually alongside other women. On this podcast, we're sharing tips, advice, and inspiration from leading Catholic businesswomen to help you grow your career or business faithfully. We believe in what Pope John Paul the Great called the feminine genius, and we're here to help you tap into yours and use business to make the world a better place. Thank you for listening and enjoy the episode. Hi, Taryn. Hi, Elise. How are you? How are you? Good. How are you doing? I am good. We've recovered from our February cold, which seems like it's mandatory for anyone with a toddler. So, yep, we're in the middle of it. So, I'm sorry, everyone, if I sound sniffly, but we, yeah, have two sick babies, but we're making it through. I feel like everyone does. At least we know we're not alone in it. Yep. <laughs> uh, well, I'm so excited to talk to you today about our Lenten theme at Catholic Women and Business. So for the last few years, we have, as a community, chosen a theme to kind of guide our blog post, our prayer as a community. And this year, um, our theme is Cultivating Virtue in the Desert. Um, and Taryn, I was going to have you go ahead and introduce the theme um, and talk a bit about why we decided to go with this theme this year. So I was talking to some of our writers. We have a team of, I think, 32 volunteer writers now, and we were chatting in Slack about Lent and what we wanted to write about. And this just kind of came up um, from a couple of our writers, and we kind of pieced together a couple different thoughts. And this is what we came up with. So I'll just share a little bit. At the beginning of his ministry, Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights in the desert, where he was also tempted by Satan. And that's in the Gospel of Matthew. Similarly, each year we enter into about 40 days of prayer, penance, and almsgiving in Lent, our own annual desert. So this Lent, the Catholic Women in Business team is praying and talking about Jesus's desert, both his literal time in the desert and also his passion and death. And we're meditating on our own deserts, both during Lent and throughout our lives. And our writers will be sharing reflections and insights on the virtues that Jesus exemplified in his life and death and how our own deserts can help us grow in these virtues as well. The Catechism of the Catholic Church says that the goal of growing in virtue is to become like God. So we are imitating Jesus by going through our own 40-day desert, and we hope with his help that we will also imitate his virtue. So all through Lent, our writers will be talking about virtue and uh, deserts and how we grow in those deserts. Beautiful. So what do we mean by desert? How do how have you encountered this theme in your own life personally? For me, it's been periods that are particularly difficult, periods of suffering. Um, I think it's interesting. I was pregnant two years ago during Lent, and I remember a lot of pregnant women in Catholic Facebook groups talking about how they weren't really giving anything up for Lent because they were pregnant, and that's kind of its own Penance. So something like pregnancy, I think, is a great example of a desert because it's hard. There's a lot of suffering, but there's a lot of growth as well. I mean, obviously, you're growing, the baby's growing, um, 
and you're, I mean, you're becoming a mother over these nine months through the suffering of pregnancy. And so I think that's just one example that a lot of women experience of a desert. Um, and I'm excited to see what our writers have to share about their own deserts as well. Mm. When I think of the term desert, I'm taken back to a time in my life where I was so unsure of what the Lord was asking of me. I was in college. I was studying abroad in Rome. So my junior year at CUA, I studied um, in Rome for six months. And before that, I broke up with my long-term boyfriend, Hunter. Spoiler alert, we got back together and we're married. Uh, but I broke up with him right before I left for Rome. It was like, I need space. I need to discern my vocation. Because I knew the Lord was calling me to a radical relationship with him. I was not sure if that meant being a religious, if that meant being married to Hunter or someone else. And so I really entered this rather dark time in my um, spiritual life where I was in transition. Now, looking back, like it really was this maturation period where I was learning what it meant to be an adult. I was discerning um, not only my vocation, but also uh, on a you know, vocation on a um, level of marriage or, or um, religious life, but also what I was doing with my career. And so during that period, the Lord gave me this scripture passage that I'll go ahead and, and read uh, from Hosea. It's from Hosea chapter two that says, say to your brother, my people, and to your sister, she has obtained pity. Plead with your mother, plead, for she, not, she is not my wife, and I am not her husband, that she has put away her harlotry from her face and her adultery from between her breasts, lest I strip her naked and make her as in the day she was born, and make her like a wilderness, and set her like a parched land, and slay her with thirst. Upon her children also I will have no pity, because they are children of harlotry. For their mother has played the harlot, and she conceived them as acting in shame. For she said, I will go after my lovers who give me my bread and my water, my wool and my flax, my oil and my drink. Therefore, I will hedge her up. I will hedge her way with thorns, and I will build a wall against her so that she cannot find her paths. She will find, she will pursue her lovers but not overtake them. She will seek them, but shall not find them. Then she will say, I will go and return to my first husband for it was better with me than now than it is. And I know that sounds rather dramatic. <laughs> when I remember first reading that, it's like, wow. Okay, Lord, you're not having mercy on this woman here. Um, but I love this idea of returning to our first love of Christ. And that is why we have Lent, right? To remember our priorities, not only in how we spend our time and our money and our efforts, but the priority of our hearts. That Christ is truly meant to be our husband. Like we are, we are called to be the bride of Christ is our bridegroom and, and that intimacy, sometimes it's hard to encounter that intimacy when we are so distracted by 
our wool and our flax and our oil and our drink <laughs> to, to go back to Hosea, which are not all bad things in, a, in and of themselves, but they are, um, when we, we give them priority over um, Christ in our hearts, we really need the desert. Uh, we need to be intimate with the Lord again. And that's what I'm looking forward to or, or seeking in Lent is really simplifying life. We've been very busy as a family, we've been sick, we've had a lot going on, we've had travel and a lot of new things. Like we, our family life has just shifted dramatically in the last six months. And I'm ready to just not have change and like process what just happened in my life. And I don't think there's any better way than going out to the desert to give myself some, some time to process. What about you, Taryn? What are you thinking as far as deserts go in your life right now? Um, I, it's funny cause I did not come up with this theme. Like, like I said, we talked about it with the writers, but um, the more I've been thinking about it and praying about it, the more I've realized how much it applies to my life right now. Um, because I'm going through a time of suffering. Um, I have a chronic illness, fibromyalgia, and um, apparently having a baby is um, hard on fibromyalgia. Having a toddler is hard on fibromyalgia. So long story short, I'm in a, um, a flare-up and it's been hard physically and emotionally, but I'm starting to see the fruits of it, or at least I'm starting to see where fruits might come from it. Um, so because it does kind of strip away everything except Jesus. So it occurred to me, um, last night I was thinking about this and I was listening to the latest episode of clerically speaking. I don't know if you listen to this podcast. No, I'll have to check it out. It's great. Um, but they were talking about, um, choosing between goods. And how the devil likes to, if, you know, if he can't tempt you with something bad, he's going to tempt you with something good. And uh, they were talking about, you know, the importance of your primary vocation and not letting good things pull you away from that. And it occurred to me that I would be a super overachieving um you know, stay up all night working, put all of my self-worth and my identity into the things that I'm doing if I didn't have this chronic illness kind of holding me back. And so what a gift that is to have these limitations put on me so that I'm limited in how, I mean, don't get me wrong, I can still be very prideful, but there's only so far that I can go in relying on myself instead of on God. And so that's really what I'm focusing on this Lent is, you know, being just being in this desert. So I'm not, you know, giving anything up um, in the traditional sense. I'm not, you know, fasting from social media or anything like that. I'm just trying to sit with the, what I'm already, I've already been given and work on uniting my suffering with Jesus's suffering which I've not been doing. <laughs> I've not been, um, I've not been suffering well. And so that is going to be my desert this Lent. And I think God's been 
very loving and already showing me how that's going to bring me closer to him. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. You bring up this idea of uncomfortableness. <laughs> that's a word I'm going <laughs> to use it. Um, of being uncomfortable in this desert because when you, I mean, I've not been to Cal, you know, I've been to California, but only Los Angeles. I've not been in a true desert. I am like an East coast gal through and through. So I have not had the gift of like standing physically in a desert. Any of you out there who are like in the Southwest, the West coast, let us know your thoughts on, give us some description. Have you been to the desert? Taryn? No, I, I've also been to California, but I've spent most of my life on the East Coast. I've always lived on the East Coast, so I, I don't know what it's like to be physically yeah. in a desert. Sorry, Seawood team who's on the West Coast. <laughs> you guys are probably, like, shaking your heads. Um, <laughs> but I can imagine it's not super comfortable. I can imagine it's beautiful. My husband rock climbed in um, Joshua Tree last year, uh, or right outside of it, and um, he was able to visit Joshua Tree and it was, I mean, I saw pictures and it was beautiful, but I can imagine if you're standing in the middle of the desert that it gets hot and there's no shade and it's very revealing. And I think physical pain and suffering, like you just mentioned, is very revealing because we're stripped of our comforts. Um, I remember when I've been, I've had really difficult pregnancies last two years. And so I really felt like there was a ton of stripping <laughs> happening and I did not suffer well at all. So you're not alone in that. Um, and by that, I mean, like, there was a lot of complaining on my end. Uh, there was a lot of shaking my fist at the Lord. Like, why? Why God? Um, but that's beautiful that you see like that you need that stripping. And uh, we all do. We need that. Um, stripping away of these comforts during Lent. That's why we fast, right? It's not to like check a list or um, to say that we're doing it, but it truly is a, I got like this offering to God to say like, we, I personally am willing to let go of this thing, um, whether that is chocolate or social media or coffee or something, or or complaining or, or whatever you feel like that, um, blockade is between you and, and good suffering right now or fruitful suffering, um, letting go of those things. It just allows you to expand your own intimacy with God. And that's what I'm hoping personally for, for this Lent. I really have not thought about what I'm giving up to be honest. I was preparing, praying for this episode. I was like, gosh, I um I feel like I, I am not dealing with a chronic illness. But life just feels so I say out of control right now, but just with two littles and two businesses, it's it's a lot. And so I actually like that actually propels me forward to wanting to give something up because it's almost like we were saying before, like reprioritizing, like I need a reset. We're only six weeks into 2023 and I need a reset. Um, so I think giving up something that I, I'm relying on uh, comfort, uh, you know, comfort on definitely scrolling, 
um, on Instagram. I used Instagram for business uh, purposes. So um, I'm not going to be giving up completely, but what's almost more difficult for me is like boundaries. I don't know about you, uh, Karen, but like putting my phone in the other room at night or only checking my phone during certain hours, like that is really hard for me, having that willpower. Yeah. I think it's easier for me to completely give up something than to keep it in my life and set boundaries. Like it's easier for me to just say, I'm not eating sugar than to eat a little bit of sugar. And it's so much, it would be so much easier for me to just give up Instagram altogether. But I mean, you know, like you, we use it for business, so we can't completely give it up. And it is so much harder to have self-control to log on Instagram, you know, share a post or whatever you're supposed to do on there and then be like, okay, I'm not going to look at all of the reels. For me, that Mm. is much harder. (laughs) Yeah. We had thought about, um, in preparing for the episode, like what is a desert in business and how do we, how have we experienced that in the past, um, in our careers? And I thought we could kind of dive into, um, idea of business or desert in business. I actually, in reflecting on that, thought about the last several years at Catholic Women in Business, where uh, really last 18 months up until a couple of years ago, or a couple of months ago, we were just kind of like chugging along. We were really growing our writing team. We were doing social media. We had our um, team member Daphne on at the time. We were doing, we were doing monthly, um, virtual meetups, but there wasn't anything new coming out of Catholic women in business. And I was praying and praying of like, okay, Lord, what, what is going on with this? Like I, you know, Taryn's really (laughs) carrying the load here. I was very focused on babies and ringlet at the time. And I, yeah, I think it would be like at least every month I'd be like, are you sure you want this to continue Lord? Like what is, what's going on here? And he was just kind of silent on the topic. It was not a glaring, like, yes, close it down. And it was not a glaring, like, you know, dive into it or start something new. And it wasn't until actually popping out, we're talking about Lent. This is so apropos, but, um, last Palm Sunday, I was in St. Patrick's cathedral in New York city with my mom we were at mass. We were visiting New York to see a Broadway show. And I, again, was praying like, Lord, what do you want me to do with Catholic women in business? And all of a sudden, you know, there's been only like a few times in my life where I've experienced this, but he very audibly said to me, like, you are meant to start a Catholic women business center. It's supposed to be a center of thought, um, around the feminine genius and women in business. And you need to dive into Catholic women in business. And it was all this like rush of the Holy Spirit that all of a sudden it was like go time. That all of those months and months of not knowing direction, of being in a desert where there were things growing very incremental, incrementally, things were quiet, so to say. And then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit just moved and you and I were ready to go because we had been faithfully waiting in the desert um, and just waiting for his direction. Um, so I just wanted to share that bit of story about Catholic women business. You guys are seeing a lot coming out right now with our uh, podcast uh, that we just launched, obviously. Um, and we have 
some new exciting initiatives coming out in the next six months. Um, and that's the impetus of it is really um, the Holy Spirit saying to move. So we were starting to move. Yeah. And that, I mean, there really was a time where you and I were both focused a lot on our primary vocations as wives and mothers, right? Because we both had babies in 2021 and then you had another baby. So um, there was, there was fruit bearing elsewhere. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And there's never a dull moment um, in business. I think there's a lot of seasons that uh, where we go through business, I'm sorry, that we go through a desert and then abundance. And I kind of thought like <laughs> growing a business was linear, right? Like, okay, you have a season of a season of desert and then automatically there's abundance and then like there's just abundance forever and it's great and as we all know as entrepreneurs um as entrepreneurs that's far from the truth there's business ownership and just being a professional in business is a roller coaster and there's constant season changing between abundance and desert and just being faithful to each of those seasons, discerning what the Lord is asking of us during those seasons, um, is like the, you know, the most fruitful thing that we can do. Um, just following his, his lead as much as possible. Do you have any tips, Taryn, on having a fruitful Lent? Um, I think one is to get rid of expectations and be open. So, you know, you and I, at least we talk a lot about receptivity and how that's part of the feminine genius. John Paul II wrote about that. And I think that's important for preparing for Lent and for experiencing Lent is to let go of like, well, I have to do this and I have to do it this way. And, you know, we have to like, make sure that we're giving this up and doing this and doing this. And I mean, yes, like, the, you know, there's something that we're supposed to do during Lent, right? We're supposed to do something or fast from something. But I think we have to remember that the goal is to be closer to Jesus. And so if we're doing something and that's not getting us closer to Jesus, then it's probably not what he wants us to do. And so I think that's, that's what I've been trying to focus on as I've been preparing for Lent is in this season of life right now, the circumstances that the Lord has given me, what do I need to do to be closer to him. And that might change halfway through Lent, right? You know, something mm -hmm. what we're doing during Lent might, something might come up, something might change. And then we have to pivot. We talked about this in our last episode when we talked about New Year's resolutions and goals. And so I think making sure that you're grounded in prayer and asking Jesus, how can I be closer to you during Lent? And then being open to the answer, even if it's not necessarily what you think Lent is supposed to look like. Mm. Yeah, on the, along that line, um, just remembering that it's not a test. The Lord's not keeping a scorecard. Like, oh, if you forget to write in your Lenten journal for the couple of days, gosh, even a week, you know, like you're not, the Lord's not going to smite you. He just wants your heart. He just wants your heart. Um, and more, more intimacy with you. So I actually have been spending a lot of time thinking about how we can 
prepare for Lent in the sense of really embracing Mardi Gras. Which <laughs> so funny. But my uh, one of my best friends is from New Orleans, and they just sell, I mean they celebrate Mardi Gras so well. They're you know after Candlemas, which was last week, they go hard until um, Ash Wednesday, and they are just celebrating nonstop. Like the streets of New Orleans are decorated, and they are having king cake all the time and donuts and beignets. And I was like, you know what? I want to integrate this into our family life and um, our liturgical season. So we've actually been like making some cookies and um, enjoying ice cream. and like really sell, you know, not, not going too far out, but you know, really enjoying like this season of remembering like the Lord equips us to go into the desert too. Right. Like he, wants us to say like fatten ourselves <laughs> like you know that's also like 100 200 years ago that it people were living liturgically um that is this a time of like you know gathering our resources clearing out our homes clearing out things that we don't need and reevaluating our lives a bit uh looking at our finances so like taking the time to really kind of process, um, you know, what our hopes are for the year. Anyway, creating Mardi Gras season with some sweets. Um, and then as a family, we are going to be um, fasting from TV and screens more. So we have a two-year-old, almost two-year-old, and an eight-month-old. So I have leaned pretty heavily on screens to keep the two-year-old occupied while I've um, nursed the eight-month-old or put her to bed. And uh, our two-year-old's just came to the point where she can play by herself. And, you know, I have looks expectations of like what I can expect from a two-year-old, but really reorienting as a family, our screen time relied on it a lot. It's a winter, it's cold, like we've all been sick. So I just feel like we've been relying on it more heavily than I'd like. Um, so kind of re resetting our relationship with screens and TV. And that does mean putting out more boundaries around my phone because I am addicted. I'm not afraid to admit it. I need to like, yeah, put up those boundaries big time. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Sharon, for this conversation around Lent. We uh, do have some announcements we will be launching our Catholic Women in Business membership site at the end of March. We're very excited. We have um, a lot of great content for women who are looking to develop their skills in business, whether you're an entrepreneur, working full-time, working part-time, trying to figure out your next step in your career. We are going to be providing workshops and additional podcast episodes and resources for you to help you alongside your journey and your vocation and business. So please stay tuned. Uh, we do have a, a wait list that is live. If you're interested in joining membership or finding out more, go ahead um, and look into our show notes. Uh, you can find our show notes at catholicwomenandbusiness.org. We have uh, our podcast link on our homepage. So you can go there and um, take a look at our show notes for the episode today. And um, the waitlist is in there. So 
thank you, Taryn, for working with me on this. This has been um, a labor of love for both of us to, to launch this membership site. I cannot wait to share it with our community. Yes, I'm so excited. Please go ahead and follow us at Catholic Women in Business on Instagram, on LinkedIn, and on Facebook. And of course, read all of our amazing articles by our awesome reader, writers on catholicwomenandbusiness.org. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for listening to Catholic Women Lead. We hope you feel inspired in your vocation as a Catholic woman in business. If you liked this episode, please share it with a friend or colleague. And don't forget to rate and review our podcast on iTunes. You can also join us on Instagram at Catholic Women in Business or in our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash Catholic Women in Business. Until next time, we'll be praying for you.